This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, and welcome back to the Wildcat Scoop podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Shear, here with... Jason Shear. And... Uh, there's a big game happening this Saturday night at Arizona Stadium. Arizona is playing Oregon. You say Oregon, not Oregon. 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 Like the Oregon Trail or the Oregon Trail? Oregon. No, Aragon's a, a character. Wait, Aragorn. I don't know. We just went all over the place. Anyway, the ducks are coming that's it. Oh, there it is. I was waiting. Jason yeah. is so excited. He has this annoying duck noise that he always does that drives me crazy. But this is the one time it works. Wow. <laughs> Why wow. you doing the whole podcast in duck language? Duck language. Uh, we don't speak duck here. We only speak wildcat. Ooh. Ooh. I do have a Nintendo, but it doesn't have duck hunt. Maybe I'll find it. Duck hunt. You got to be real careful how you say duck hunt. <laughs> well, we're going to jail, so that's good. Are you going to jail for saying duck hunt? Anyway, uh, we are going to be previewing. There's a recruit named. <laughs> just interrupting me. Mike Hunt, believe it or not. Mike He has a profile. Hunt. Mike Hunt. Wow. What a, what a great name. You, you know, when his parents had him, they're like, let's name him Michael. It's just such a great name. No one's ever going to call him Mike Hunt. And then lo and behold, he wound up being. I like tonight we were watching basketball and the guy's name was Ho You Fat. So. <laughs> Ho You Fat. Anyway. Uh, we just have to make things fun. Thanks and we're also, we're trying, we're kind of buying for time because our kid won't go to bed. She keeps coming out. So we're kind of not getting into all the really important stuff yet. But I think that she's not coming out again. So anyway, Oregon's offense. We're going to start there tonight. Um. What should make Arizona fans nervous about this game, Jason? Yes. Okay, great. Oh, that's it. That, this is what people pay for, that very scintillating you know, like, analysis. Yeah, you know, like there's been a few games this year where I'll be like, I'll read it and, you, and you'll get like scared about the game and you'll be like, well, then where, what's going on here? That's, this is one of those games. Um, Oregon is very good offensively, especially as of late. Shelby knows that Arizona's biggest deficiency on defense is linebacker and stopping the run. There we go. Yeah, (laughs) I'm just kidding. I knew that. Um, So (laughs) uh, Oregon last week against Stanford ran for 351 yards. Oh, no. Which was the most they've ran since 2018. They have 200 plus rushing yards as a team in three of their last four games. They're number 10 in the entire country with 228 rushing yards per game. Number eight nationally with nearly six yards a carry. Fourth in all of college football with 43 rushes of more than 10 yards. Let me keep going. Hmm. 29th in the country with 12 rushing TDs. And they have two of the top three guys in the Pac-12 in yards 
per carry. Their run game is really, really good, and they're not one of these teams that'll shy away from it. Um, we'll get to that in a minute, but they, you know, they'll recognize that Arizona struggles against the run, and they will use the run. Uh, Bucky Irving, great name. you like Bucky Irving. And Noah Whittington are the top two running backs on the roster. Irving leads Oregon with 48 carries for 362 yards, third in the Pac-12 with seven and a half yards per carry. Um, then there's Bo Nix rushing. Irving is fifth in the Pac-12 in rushing yards and rushing yards per game. Uh, rush for 97 yards. So they will give it to multiple running backs, but they have Irving as their top guy who's legitimately good. Losing Travis Dye really wasn't a hit for them like some thought it would be because they just replaced them. Um, you know, Oregon's run game is as good as it gets in the Pac-12, and they do a lot of RPO. And if, you know, it, it's pretty simple. If Oregon runs for 351 yards like it did against Stanford, Arizona probably lost this game. Wow, that sounds so promising. Um, what is the philosophy of this Oregonian offense? My boy, Kenny Dillingham, is the offensive coordinator. Um, if Arizona fans know Kelly and Dill- know Kenny Dillingham, he... Uh, oh, you fat. Ho- what? What? Uh, no, Kenny Dillingham, because he very clearly wanted the Arizona job. Um, Tim DeRoyter would have been the offense. It would have been Kenny Dillingham, Tim DeRoyter, Charlie Ragel would have been on staff. It would have been a very Arizona, but anyway, uh, he very clearly wants the ASU job as well. Uh, the offense in the first game against Georgia, people saw it, and you got to realize it was against Georgia. But uh, since then, um, the offense has been stupid good. In the last four games, they're averaging 50 points a game. They haven't been held to under 41 points. It is uh, a run-first offense, like I mentioned, RPO. Four running backs. They got Bo Nix that'll run. Um, you know, they are very good also at you You want to stop the run. You want to stop the run. You'll move in to stop the run, and then they'll hit you with the deep shots. Um, they are very good with the – Shelby, you're an animal. Uh, they, they're very good at going deep and making you pay for loading up the box. Um, you know, they're basically – Shelby's literally cracking up. There's, <laughs> I have the most perverted wife <laughs> in American history. I'm sorry. We always listen to NFL broadcasts and listen to the, you know, the phrases that could be double. We always joke. I put on the NFL radio, and there's so many double entendres. It's just try it one time. But anyway, you just said like six of them in a row. What are you talking about? Anyway, um, so they'll 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 take advantage of teams' weaknesses, but it is it is clearly a run heavy offense. The problem is they're good enough at passing to really make you pay, and so it's kind of a pick your poison situation with Oregon. Unless you're Georgia and you have the best defense in the country, and then you can just do whatever you want. Okay. Um, also not promising, but... Uh, I warned you. Okay. What can you tell us about Bo Nix? Uh, you know, Bo Nix is... He's, he's one of these quarterbacks that when he was Auburn, you either... it's the, There's something called the full the Bo Nix experience, where he'll do something awesome, and then he'll do something really bad. And usually the really bad comes on the road um but right now this season right now he he's been good good for oregon so he was the last three years started auburn he started 39 games it'll be his 40th this weekend 
Um, he can run the ball. He's one of two active Pac-12 quarterbacks with at least 8,500 passing yards in his career, along with DTR. Right now, he leads all Pac-12 quarterbacks and ranks 10th in the nation with 261 rushing yards. Now, keep in mind, 141 of those came last week against Stanford, and then 80 of those came on one run. So the rushing numbers are a little skewed, but he can get in there. I mean, he scored three touchdowns against BYU. Uh, he's tied for fourth among all quarterbacks with five rushing TDs. He, uh, he, he's really, he, his running game, I think, is surprising people this year. I mean, he's just one of two uh, FBS quarterbacks with multiple games with multiple passing and rushing touchdowns. Again, he had 141 against Stanford, which was the most since Masoli in 2009. Uh, 1,000 career rushing yards. He passed it last week. First Oregon QB with three rushing touchdowns and two in a game um, since 2014. It, it, you can keep going. He has four career game with multiple rushing TDs. He is now, now he can be forced into mistakes. There are situations where he looks stupid at times. Okay, there's like a glimmer of hope. Right. But when his, when the run game, the quarterback run game is going, uh, he becomes really difficult to stop. He is having a, a pretty, you know, look, his job is made easier by the fact that uh, that Oregon is running the ball so well. They're not asking Bo Nix to, to kind of go crazy here. He has 12 touchdowns and three picks. Two of those picks came against Georgia, where obviously he wasn't good because uh, no one is good against Georgia. But then he followed it up. Eastern Washington, five touchdowns. BYU, he only threw five incompletions, two touchdowns. Washington State, 428 yards, three touchdowns. Stanford, 161. But... You know, against Stanford, he only connected on 55% of his passes, but he ran for 141. Uh, the running is part of it. He had that 80-yard run, but when you take a look at his other games, Washington State, 30 yards. BYU, 35 yards. Eastern Washington, 18. Georgia, 37. So he's not, like, I think we classify him as a dual threat, but he's not a dual threat as people would probably think where he's going to go and run, you know, 20 times a game. It's not that type of scenario but a lot of with Bo Nix at least in my opinion is a lot of him and what he does his successes and failures is momentum based and, and so when he kind of gets into a negative area of his game it starts to impact him mentally and he'll struggle a little bit and when he does well you'll see him kind of use that momentum and, and really take off but he's a guy I don't even necessarily know if you spy him because, again, it's not a situation like a Burmeister that's probably going to run for his life every time. I think I get a Braxton Burmeister reference every podcast. Braxton Burmeister of what? Something about cheese. The Yonkers cheese fortune. Right. So, I don't know if you spy him necessarily. I'll find out. But you kind of got to respect his right. I mean, he's a big dude. He's 215, 220 pounds. 6'2", 6'3". So... He's not easy to, to bring down. Hmm. All right. Um, where are we? Oh, yeah. So how good is this offensive line? Well, life is made easier when you have a bomb-ass offensive line. And Oregon has a bomb-ass offensive line. Your ridiculous stat of the season belonged to Oregon, who allowed their first sack in the third quarter of Stanford. Last week was the only sack that they've allowed all season. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, they are the highest graded pass blocking team in the nation by PFF. 
tied for seventh in the nation with run blocking. They've used the same offensive line the last three games. Uh, Steven Jones started the first two, but he's hurt. TJ Bass, Pac-12 Offensive Lineman of the Week. Oregon, uh, again, four games without a sack, which is just ridiculous. They've only allowed 18 pressures, 15 hurries. Bo Nix has only been hit three times the entire season. Um, their team passing blocking grade above 90 in three of the five games. They have Alex Forsyth, who's tied 10th nationally and leads all Pac-12 linemen in his grade. Bass has started 26 games from the Ducks since 2020. They had five returning starters on the offensive line. We often talk about how important it is to return starters on the offensive line. One of the reasons why Arizona's offensive line is better is even though it's pretty much the same guys. They have a second year. It's right. And you return guys, it is a very big deal. Oregon did that with pretty much the entire unit. They have depth. Um, yeah, their offensive line is as good as Arizona's going to see all season long. They're basically like the wall in Game of Thrones. They're just the last line of defense. Didn't he die? I know oh, that's the mountain. Well, yeah. I don't know. That show sucked in the last two years. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't remember You're either. like, never mind. Game of Thrones sucks. I haven't seen the new one. I don't trust it yet. Yeah. I just I just am so betrayed I haven't even watched the new one at all. And then I think there's like a Jon Snow sequel. I don't know. There's so many dragons. I know. They should have ended the show at the Red Wedding. That would have been like season three. Yep, Red Wedding. Boom. Show's over, baby. <laughs> oh, there's like many, many, many books, but... It's no blood and treasure. That's true. Which is over now. Now what do I watch? I don't know. I watched a lot of TV when you went to bed last night. Now we're just talking. Yeah, what now is we're football? just chatting. East New York. So that was pretty good. Okay. It's basically NYPD Blue. But set in 2022? Yes. It's pretty much the same show. Jason... Is obsessed with um, the FBI shows. Mm -hmm. I like cop dramas. He likes cop dramas. He really likes Chicago PD, but he does not watch the other Chicago companion shows. No, because... Because, I mean, they don't don't have voice. What do I give a shit about fire stations? Anyway, uh, we are digressing (laughs) a little bit. Uh, To finish up on the topic that we're actually here for, how can Arizona stop... This offense, Jason. Is it a shitty answer if I say uh, it can't? But <laughs> They can contain, but they're probably not going to be able to stop. Arizona, it, it's best path. Look, the overrunner for this week, the last I checked, is the highest in the nation. We are. It is at 70 points, which is a lot of points. Now, the spread is only 13. I say only. It opened up at 10, but it's 13 now. Basically, what Vegas is saying and what the betting is saying is it's no one's stopping anyone this game. That's probably Arizona's best chance of winning is turning it into a track meet because it probably can't stop Oregon enough to make this a low-scoring game. If Oregon goes out and their offense isn't clicking, Arizona's winning this football game. I am very confident saying that. And I'm not saying that Oregon is bad defensively. We'll get that in tomorrow's podcast. What I'm saying is that Arizona's offense is very good. And it's going to score some points against the Oregon secondary, which isn't that great. But in terms of Arizona lining up and stopping Oregon on a consistent basis, we've seen some crazy shit between Oregon and Arizona when Oregon comes to Tucson. This would be one of the craziest. If the Arizona defense shows up and holds Oregon to 21 to 24 points, that would be up there with any of the crazier stuff because this is a team... That is averaging 50 points in its last four games. And 
41 was its low. Like, they are scoring points. The best way, and really the only way, is Arizona has to make as many initial tackles as it can. It didn't do it well against Colorado. It really hasn't done it all season except for San Diego State. Um, but it needs to make that initial tackle where it brings the guy down initially because a lot of times we've seen where Arizona's in the right position at the right time and it just doesn't wrap up and make the tackles. It needs to be a team effort. It needs the younger guys like Ty Ty and Russell Davis and Sterling Lane and the dudes that maybe aren't playing as much to, to step up. And, and really, it's going to need a complete team effort. Um, you know, you hope that the secondary steps up and your goal is to make, even if it's on the ground, your goal is to make Oregon as one-dimensional as you can, whether that's in the passing game or the running game. But they need to be aggressive. They need to get to Bo Nix. The best way to do that is, look, they need to rattle the guy. He is, he can get rattled. You know, we don't call it the Bo Nix experience because he can't get rattled. He can get rattled. You can rattle Bo Nix, and they have to do that. Again, the issue is he's only been hit three times all season. They've only been sacked once. So if you haven't figured it out, uh, it's one of those situations where everything's kind of easier said than done, but they got to get to Bo Nix because if he has his time, if they're establishing the run, it becomes so difficult for Arizona to make enough stops to win this game. This is the best offense that Arizona's faced all year. All right. Well. Which is good because uh, I'll probably say that again in two weeks and then three weeks and then four weeks with Arizona's absolutely unbelievable, ridiculous schedule. Yes. Five ranked Pac-12 teams in a row. And you tweeted that after last week's game. And Enjoy everybody kind of went like, whoa. Enjoy someone that's a UCLA fan, the equity brew and was like, like, what the F is going on with Arizona's schedule? Like, it's stupid. Well, I mean, the good news is, is I mean, ideally, uh, Arizona wins a game whenever you go see a football game. But it's Hispanic Heritage Night, I believe, this Saturday. That's fun. Um, and, yeah. I family a, night. Family weekend. Family I'm, a, weekend. I'm a firm believer that Arizona's going to win one of these five games. Uh, I think Oregon is a possibility. Probably not likely. Washington kind of sticks out to me. Uh, but I, I do think Arizona's going to win one of these these five games coming up. And, like I said, crazy stuff happens when Oregon Oregon doesn't win at Arizona. It's been a while. COVID helped that, but we can ignore that. It's been a while. Nope. And, um, you know. How do you say bear down in duck? I don't know. Dude, the Cora, the, our dog just looked at me like she's going to eat my face off. Wow. She does not like duck. Pecking duck. Pecking. Pooking. We're going for duck. We're going to live stream ourselves eating a duck. The thing that always cracks me up is, is like the duck hunting like memes whenever whenever Arizona plays Oregon are great. And uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but I know a couple got the pre-recorded Jetfish phone call tonight. They are really, really, really pushing attendance this week. I can imagine that's one of their um, assets. And if you look at the seats, they're they're it's not. I don't think it's going to sell out, but it's going to be pretty darn close because I think. I mean, they're really pushing it. It's family weekend, and, and it should be a, a pretty good environment. It's 6 p.m., which is erotic in my uh, my work. That's. I'm actually going to be up in the press box again. I had to take it a weekend off. It depends if Shelby can recover from her burn going across her arm. 
Oh, I know. It she basically awful. shoved her entire arm in an air fryer as if that was a smart thing to do. I, that's not what happened. She took her arm. She said, I'm doing this for you, Arizona. Beat Oregon, bear down. She shoved it in an air fryer. First of all, it's it barely touched the surface oh, for one my second. My story's better. Okay. Jason's story's better. She took hot oil, poured it on her arm, and said, if I can withstand this, you can withstand Bo Nix. You're such a drama queen. I hid the kids in the closet. You, you guys know what you did to San Diego State. It got real, kicked, real ugly in I here. I kicked the door in. Yeah. Shelby murdered a duck this morning with her bare hands. Wow. This is getting There's out of control. There's a lot of ducks in Tucson. <laughs> There's Arizona. so many ducks. The Marana ducks. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, speaking of Marana, just a, a quick plug. In 11 days, so the 15th of October is Marana's Fall Festival, and it's one of our large signature events. You could actually go because the Washington football game is at 2.30 in the afternoon. I forgot right. to tell Shelby that. Yeah. So you can actually do both. There's beer there. You can drown your sorrows or drink and joy. There is um, a ton of things to do for family. There's mutton busting where little kids can ride lambs. Yeah, but I'm the pervert, Carnival right? rides. I'm the pervert, but you're advertising Carnival mutton rides. busting. That's literally what it's called. It's a rodeo okay. thing. Oh, yeah. Bust a mutton. And uh, we have live music. We had a... A little bit of a sad day thing that happened. Okay, today. we're not we're not going there. But we got it figured out, and uh, the music's gonna be awesome. Family time. Do you want to mention his GoFundMe? Actually, it'd be a nice thing. I thought so too. But you really are. Sorry, I just it, it was gonna turn okay. into Okay, I'm not being dark or you fatalistic. Are. That's um, literally what you're doing. I've never had this happen before as an event planner. So just to let you guys know, I had a band that was lined up for this event um, that was gonna be the headliner, and I was texted today. Um, that the lead singer was killed in a motorcycle accident. And so uh, if you Google the term... Um, I'll retweet his... You'll retweet it. So it's Motorcycle Tucson. His name's Rick Williams. Um, if you Google Rick Williams Tucson Motorcycle... Yeah. It'll, it'll GoFundMe and articles will come up from all the So the, you can news. find the GoFundMe that way or you can go to the Facebook for Back Roads, um, Tucson's premier country band, and they have the link there. Uh, we did get another band um, scheduled in for the event. So we have another good band that will be at the event. But we do want to send a very um, heartfelt shout out to Rick's family and to the band because uh, we're all just shocked today. And, you know, wear a helmet. I guess that's what you want to say. Yeah. When you go duck hunting. Wow. Okay. Well, that on that note. I was uh, trying to segue. Did it not work? Bear down, everyone. Are you not going to do the duck? What? Do the duck. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know if you wanted me to do it. You were just talking about someone dying, and now you want me to do the duck noise. I was trying to add a positive note. Jeez. Bear down. Back to A. Since Arizona's playing Oregon Ducks, Shelby, I have a very important question. Donald or Daffy? Donald, because he has nephews and a family, and Daffy Duck's a jerk. Yeah, but Donald doesn't wear pants. Yeah, but it's Arizona. Fair enough.